empty in May, got you feeling like a champion. The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient. Hi, what's good? What's good? This is an awesome episode, and I'm really, really excited to unveil this. Uh, This has been a long time coming. This has really been something that I've been trying to do for a while, and my man's a busy guy. My man Shane Stewart is a busy guy, so we just, it was all about finding the right time to connect. I knew that this was something that I wanted to do in person, because in-person interviews are always so much better. Uh, It would have been just as good, I think, on Zoom, obviously, because he's a great guest. But absolutely, anytime you can have somebody in the studio, it's always a better time. So um, I think uh, you can hear the passion that he speaks with and that I speak with when we go through a lot of this stuff. We spend about an hour and a half talking about business, um, how he has molded his career, how he's navigated his career. I mean, look, he's from Louisville, Kentucky, and he's made it. Um, for five years in New York and he spent a year in Dallas and he has navigated all of the channels that you have to when you move out on your own and you're in a new city and you don't know anybody. It's like, hey, how am I going to, I got here right now, how do I make it stick? How do I continue to do this day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out? And eventually you look back on your career and you're just like, I can't believe I did it, but I fucking did it, you know? And it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I just, you know, you'll hear me reference this in, in the episode and I tell him this and I'm just like, dude, I just have so much respect for people like you who do what you do, you know? Um, because there's always the risk of failure when it, with, and I guess that's, you know, with whatever move that you make in life, whether it's moving to a new city or whether it's taking on a new business venture or whether it's learning a new skill, right? There's always a chance that you're going to suck at it, but Shane definitely does not suck at what he does. I mean, the guy is fucking killing it and it's been awesome to watch his success um, starting out as, as a guy that uh, got a pretty dope job working with the Brooklyn Nets and then how he has taken his career and the steps that he's taken in his career to ultimately get to where he is now. And then we talk a little bit about where he uh, might want to go with it. But it's really a good interview and it's a good conversation. And, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's just, you know, I really believe that when you are somebody that takes risks and take this approach to life, like, you know what? I kind of don't have it all figured out, but I believe in myself and that's enough for me and I I believe that I'll be able to learn whatever I start doing and be good at it and uh, hopefully make some money off of it and hopefully make a career out of it and that's what he's been able to do and I just, again, I just, I tip my cap to a real one and somebody that I've admired from afar for a long time and somebody that I've been trying to get on this podcast for a while and somebody that I'm really, really glad that I got the opportunity to... Uh, to make that happen with. So I hope you guys will enjoy this. If you missed Uber Stories Atlanta, it's a fucking banger. Go back and listen to it. It is awesome, okay? It's a great episode. 
Um, I hope that you'll go back and listen to some of the other Uber Stories episodes if you're just now joining us for the first time. I'll give you the really quick elevator pitch, and then I'll toss to my interview with Shane. Uh, My name is Ben Tompkins. This is Real Talk. This is who I am, and this is what I do. I am a full-time Uber driver, and this podcast, outside of the interviews that I do, is all about the people that I meet driving for Uber. It is basically Taxi Cab Confessions meets Dr. Phil, okay? There you go. I ride around all day long. I gas my people up, whatever they need, free life advice, awesome. I also get some really savage stories, um, some not safe for work stories. Make sure you got some headphones in. There's a lot of swearing on this podcast. If that offends you, probably not the show for you, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. But... um. Yeah, every episode comes out on Wednesdays, except for the interviews that I do. Those are like a bonus episode. I won't have one every week, but uh, from time to time, I get people like Shane that I'm really excited to get in the studio or, or hop on a Zoom call with, and interviews drop on Fridays. It's a little, it's like sprinkles, you know? It's like a little bonus at the end of the week. It's good shit. Um... New episodes Wednesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, I'm happy that you're riding with us and I'm happy that you've stumbled upon us. I'm doing a lot of things right now in order to try and grow the show. So I've got a lot of people joining in for the very first time. This may be the very first time you're ever hearing my voice and um, hearing my interviewing style and uh, hearing one of the people that I like to bring on the show. So if you're brand new to the show, then welcome, my friends. It's really good to have you with us. And I hope that you'll continue to ride with us throughout the duration of this journey because it's going to be one hell of a ride and it's going to be one hell of a story. I think that's about it. I think that's about all you need to know right now, okay? Um, I'm trying to think. (laughs) I'm taping this after we've done this episode and my man Shane is a baller. He rolls in with a, a nice bottle of wine and uh, we killed it between each other. So at the time of this taping, your boy is a little toasty. All right. I got a little rosy cheeks going. All right. The kid with the motor mouth is just flying through this intro. But we kept it pretty brief and we kept it pretty short and we kept it uh, pretty immediate with everything that you need to know. Um, I guess I'll, I'll tell you this too really quickly. My main why in life, the reason that I'm doing this podcast is because I never want anybody to feel as shitty and as alone and as abandoned as I have at different parts of my life. And so when COVID hit and sports were canceled, the sports radio show that I was doing basically evaporated in front of my face. The world ended as we knew it. And after the quarantine, I started driving for Uber full time, stumbled upon this thing that was like, feels like this culmination of all of my best skills and traits um, coming together. And in a way that is I think, entertaining and engaging. I hope you will, too. But certainly in a way that I think I can make some money doing this. But but honestly, like just being able to reach people and connect with people and make people feel like we're in this shit together. You know, we're trenched up together, right? I don't want anybody to feel alone because uh, you're not. Even though it might feel like you are, um, you're never truly alone. And if you just are willing to reach out to somebody, it might save your life. It might save their life, you know? So that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to save lives. I'm here to throw touchdown passes all over the city like my man Willie Beeman, okay? Just hoping that someone catch him. I'm wearing tortoise frame glasses. And uh, I hung it up there. It's a dime, baby. So go up there and get yours, all right? Okay, without any further ado, please give it up for my man, Shane Stewart. All right, we are joined now by my man, Shane Stewart. Shane, thanks for being in the studio. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. It's a great setup. 
we've been trying to do this for a while and uh you know you were in new york you were on the move and now that uh you're spending some days in kentucky before you head to Austin, Texas, it's awesome to finally connect and do this because this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Yeah, you as well, man. We've been uh, kind of keeping in touch through the the internets and uh, Instagram throughout the years, and it's cool to be here for sure. So we'll talk through this interview about some business stuff as it relates to what you've learned throughout your career. You uh, have been in New York for like five years, four years. Yeah, my five year was in October. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've been, uh, you know, it's one thing for people to move to a place and then be there for a few years. And sometimes they end up staying, sometimes they come back. But I think it's really cool that you've been able to stay in New York, which is like the fucking capital of dog eat dog, right? And it's not like you knew anybody going up there, so you've had to really scratch and claw your way to to stay there. And I think there's a lot of people that end up doing that, and I just I have a lot of respect for that. So we'll talk about some of the roles that you've had in New York and what you do up there, what you were doing previously. And uh, also just kind of keep it lax and ask you some questions just like we're meeting and just like you'd be riding in the car so that the listener can kind of almost like voyeurism, right? Like a fly on the wall and sit in and they can kind of learn um, about you as we go too, so. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, uh, I'm I'm happy to do it. By the way, before we go, do I need to watch my mouth? Oh, uh, no. Is this, uh, okay. All right. No, 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 we're good. You say fuck, cock, anything. All right, sweet. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's better that way. I know, like Will Ferrell, you know, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. old school. He's like, yeah, yeah, not having the FCC is awesome, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tell me about um, where you grew up and uh, how you grew up. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Fun fact about me, actually, I don't know a lot of people know, is I was born in Augusta, Georgia, uh, home of the Masters, little little town called Augusta. Nice. But, uh, my dad went to medical school down there. That's where I was born. Spent the first three and a half, four years of my life down there. Um, born, you know, but mostly raised in, in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm a Louisville guy through and through. Um, big Louisville Cardinals guy, you know, so don't yeah. love this, this eight time NCAA championship banner. You put oh, in front of my face. Oh, you know, but... <laughs> I, <gotta> yeah, you <laughs> know. It's, uh... I have, oh wait, there's, uh, there's a Louisville pennant over there. I you got know, one. It's all good. It's all good. You know, that's actually funny. Actually moving up to New York and removing yourself from that rival. You, you can actually just have like a little bit of just pride in terms of like the state in general and like what basketball means to the state and all that kind of stuff. Hell but, yeah. But yeah, man, that's uh, I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Kentucky guy. Grew up grew up in Louisville. Went to uh, Saint X High School, University of Kentucky. So, um, you know, very much had a, a similar upbringing to I'm sure you know a lot of you know the people that are listening to the show there that you know at least. So, um, yeah, you know, moved to New York shortly after college. So, it's, yeah. What did you study at UK? Communications communications. So I actually went to uh, Missouri my freshman year for college and I, I was wanting to do sports journalism at the time. Um, and, you know, big sports guy I ended up going into sports like right after college, as you know, but, um, you know, through that first year, just kind of realized journalism wasn't going to be my path and ended up coming back to Kentucky and remember just kind of having a conversation with my dad and I'm sure like a lot of kids at that time, like not knowing exactly what path I wanted to take. I think sure. I, I still wanted to be in sports, but um, just in a different capacity. So my dad was like, you know, just get a communications degree. All you need to do is graduate. Um, you know, you can do a lot of different things with that. So, um, you know, I think it served me well. I, um, 
learned a lot of a lot of interesting things about the about the media and all that kind <laughs> of stuff so biases yeah 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 some some fun stuff so but yeah yeah, honestly, uh, you get to the end of it, and then you realize a couple years out of school, you just needed that paper. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I was also trying to like when I was at Kentucky, I had an interest in in health and fitness and stuff like that, and um, kind of dabbled in, in kinesiology for a bit, but realized I had to do organic chemistry, and that was over pretty quickly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, communications. Now, what made you want to pivot from journalism? Did you have this moment where you just realized this, like, what made you realize it wasn't going to be your path? You know, I think it's interesting to think about, like, you know, and I obviously landed in New York, but growing up, I would, um, you know, I love Louisville, Kentucky. I think I always knew I wanted to live in a bigger city. And, you know, my dad, would I'd travel with my dad and we'd go to professional sports games and just kind of that vibe you get when you're in a city that has a pro sports team. Like, I just kind of knew I wanted to be in something like that. Um, and I, and I saw the path in journalism that a lot of people went down was like, and I was at Missouri, like it's one of the better schools you can be at for, for broadcast journalism and sports journalism. And a lot of people at at ESPN, you know, went to Missouri and, um, you know, there's certainly, I I have people that I was uh, living with in my dorm, my freshman year that are doing really cool things now, but the path that you take to get there is, is pretty crummy oftentimes. Sucks. I was like, I, I don't want to live in Joplin, Missouri when I graduate <laughs> college. I want to live in New York City or Los Angeles. So, um, you know, didn't have the media connections to get me a job in one of those markets. So yeah, I, I think I knew pretty quickly it wasn't going to be my path. And then, you know, you're paying a premium to go out of state for a school like that. It was a pretty easy decision at that point to come back, save a little bit of money. I was also excited to come back and see all my friends from high school and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I would see you in the Johnson Center every now and then. That's really where we've seen each other the most. Yeah, the gym, like, man. In the gym, hell yeah. Like my dog fucking You look great, it by it. the way, man. You definitely lost some, some weight since the last time oh, we ran well, into you, Oh, well, you know what? I appreciate you saying that, okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long fucking road, man. Let me tell you, all right? Yeah. Um. So then you come back and you're at UK. You graduate. You were telling me right before we got on air that uh, like December 14, you come back for Kind of a victory lap, right? One last football season, but you're not a UK fan, so you didn't really experience that one like a lot of other people did, I'm sure. But um, you graduate, and then how quickly after you graduated did you make that move to New York? What was those first few months like in that job search process? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I was I was staying at my dad's place at the time. Um, come back from you know Kentucky in December, like you said, and you know, the goal was to get a job as quickly as possible, like to get out of the house. I really didn't want to like hang around and, and live at my dad's place. Um, just like I wanted to push myself out. So, you know, I got an interview pretty quickly with the Phoenix Suns um, and they flew me out when interview did this like skills training. The, the Suns have a really um, good reputation or they did like when people were still selling tickets to live sporting events, you know, <laughs> um, they have a really good reputation for churning people out in that industry and, and, and putting out really good front office sports executives. So um, I went out there and it was like a three day program. Like they had me like on the phones, like selling these like specials to like Oklahoma city thunders games. And like, it was intense, man. Like I was like, I like made a sale. I'd be like, Oh, I made one. They'd be like, get back on the phone. Um, <laughs> and I didn't end up getting the job though. I interviewed and I kind of got like flustered. It was like my first really big opportunity. And I remember it back to this day. Like I, I must've been one of the worst interviews this, this dude ever had. Like I got to the end of the thing and like I'd made some pretty good connections and then went like for my final interview kind of thing. And just like, I just fell on my face. Were you nervous? Yeah, man, I was nervous as hell. And I think like, you know, just I've learned so much, obviously, in the last like six years through the experiences I've had. But um, 
I just, you know, my dad's in, in medicine. He wasn't like a business guy. He wasn't in sales. So like, there's a lot of things that I had to learn the hard way and, and kind of, you know, teach myself. And yeah, it fell on my face in several interviews. So you asked what those, those first few months are like, I was really like, was like learning how to interview, um, and got rejected from a ton of jobs and, um, had some really cool network connections from when I interned in New York the previous summer and, um, was just having a really rough time. And just through that process, ended up getting a lot of good advice and, you know, ask this question, ask that question. And I remember someone telling me, you know, probably close to July. So we're six months into me working at Orange Theory Fitness, not getting any jobs in New York City or LA or anywhere with any sports teams. And I remember one of my friends telling me like, you need to like be just like more transparent with these people, like ask them why they're not hiring you. Like you're a good candidate. Like I I know you're, you're probably impressing these people in some ways, but like, just like ask them. And I did that with a couple people and you know, that won't work every single time. Like that question won't always work, but you know, in August I had an interview with the Brooklyn Nets and um, interview with this lady who was my, ended up being my first boss, Ashley Faust. And I, I, I message her on LinkedIn probably more than she likes and tell her she saved my life, <laughs> but, but um, interview with her. And I asked her that at the end of the interview, I was like, I feel like we had a really good conversation. Like I, I want this job so badly. Like I want to be in sports. I want to live in Brooklyn. Like, why would you not hire me? And she was like, well, you're from Kentucky. And I was like, well, what, you, what does that mean? <laughs> and she was like, I'm, I, I'd be nervous. Like you wouldn't make it. Like you want to, like you'd get up here and you'd quit on me. Like you want to go home. And I was like, I'm so glad that you told me that. Like I have to, I have to succeed if you hire me. Like I can't go back home. I, I want to be in New York so bad. Like you give me this opportunity, like I, I can't mess it up. So, you know, you should hire me. And she ended up giving me the job. Hey, so, yeah, man. Great story. Yeah. Yeah. When you go out on your own like that, it, it is, you're either going to succeed or you're going to have to come back home. And that can be a really humbling experience. Yeah. Um, certainly lived that, you know, and um, I thought it would be the end of the world having to come back and, you just think, am I really gonna have to go back and admit defeat? Yeah. Even though it it like it's a massive success that you were able to go out and do it at all. Without a doubt. And I came back from Missouri, right? Like it's I, I came back from Dallas, Texas when I worked for the NFL and I'll tell you more about that story. I think you had a question for me. Hell but yeah. I've had a lot of, you know, situations that I thought were gonna work out that didn't work out and then you figure it out afterwards and it's not a loss. You you every single time you make a mistake, you slip up, like if you learn from it, like it's a win, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, let's back up for a second because you yeah. mentioned orange theory. And so was that something you were doing in New York after the internship or was that in Kentucky? I was in Louisville at St. Matthews, um, worked for a guy named Billy Davis, who I believe still owns that studio and a a few other ones. And I mean, I got lucky as hell. Like I I worked at an Orange Theory Fitness. It's like a fitness studio. Right. And this guy just like, I think saw some potential in me and like wanted to, he like taught me about sales and like taught me about, um, like customer success and how, how important it is to like leave a good impression on your customer, like all this stuff. Like he really taught me a lot of like things that you shouldn't really be taught like when you're working the front desk at a fitness studio right um so yeah i I, um i did that here in louisville so and that bridges the gap between the maybe let's just call it a lack of business knowledge or acumen that um you were kind of saying you you didn't necessarily get growing up but then you have this mentor in in billy yeah and then 
you're off and running, you're interviewing for all these jobs. Eventually, Ashley hires you. And then what's the process like when you call your mom and say, hey, I got the job? Oh, my God. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I got a job with the Brooklyn Nets, like an NBA team, man. Like I, I was so I was so lit about it. Um, I don't even really remember like exactly what I said to them, but they, they knew how hard I was working for it. And more than anything, like I was just so excited to be moving to New York. I remember like within like 10 minutes after getting the call, like I was like looking up apartments and stuff like that. And like listening to the NAS Illmatic, I was like, Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, dude. Uh, so I cut up an intro for this, for the show and uh, for this episode and it's empire state of mind. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I was, I, I, I figured you were probably, I knew you would appreciate the old school, Nas, you know, but I mean, but I was like Empire State. I gotta go, Alicia and, and Jay Z. When I when I got the job in New York, like that's the only thing I listened to in the gym for probably three months. Like until I moved, <laughs> until I moved, and I was just like, I'm the shit. I'm going to New York. Let's go. Yeah. Like it was the greatest. <laughs> I, I miss that. that, man. I wish I could go back in time and move back to New York. It was the, it was the greatest experience. Just to be going through all that stuff for the first time again. Oh man, yeah, yeah, incredible. How quickly after you get that call did you find the apartment and move up? It was crazy, man. I mean, that was like that was my first exposure to what it was like being a New Yorker. It was like dealing with New York realtors and like dealing with people that are trying to dish, dish apartments to New York that people can that that can afford it on their first job out of college. So, um, <laughs> which looks like what uh, a Facebook group called Gypsy Housing. Yeah, so that's the that's how I found my first apartment. I um, I got it in a in a spot in Bed Stuy. Which is, you know, really interesting history. If if you if you read into Bed Stuy in Brooklyn, and um, it's where Biggie came up on on Fulton Street down there. But um, got an apartment there that was a six bedroom, so I had five other roommates. It was like a duplex kind of sort of situation, but more of like a just like a basement with really <laughs> shady rooms that <laughs> probably were not legal to be rented. Um, but yeah, I, I found that spot. Um, can't believe what I paid for that with with six roommates but yeah that's I did that for three years and I met some really interesting cats in that apartment man I mean really 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 interesting how quick was the turnover in terms of the roommates that you were living with I got there and had a solid crew for I guess a full year the first year that I was there um, but I did a season with the Nets so I moved up to New York in October 2015 mm-hmm. started with the Nets and like it was an interesting time to start because like they were building up to the season right so like my first few weeks like were like pre-selling the season and then did a full season with the Nets um, and this is like where my story kind of gets interesting is like I got approached by someone in my network that I had interned with um, who was with NFL and they were building out their first ever outbound sales team for Super Bowl. And he was like, you got to come work with me. Like this is gonna be the sixth opportunity ever. Like it was, if, if these guys ever listen to this, like I loved working with you. It was awesome. Like it was the most oversold opportunity like of all time. <laughs> Firefest. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was Firefest. <laughs> I got a story about Firefest too. <laughs> but, you know, I love stories. I worked yeah. for an influencer marketing company when I came back to New York, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, but what was the last thing that we, we, we just we going from the Nets to the NFL opportunity? Yes. But even before that, just just I just want to kind of paint that picture really quick before we jump back into that is when you want to make a move to a new city. I mean, just like you said, you join this Facebook group and you're going to live yeah. in this probably piece of shit place and it's temporary. <laughs> but like, that's what you have to do. And yeah, man, I was fired up about it, too. 
Of course. I was like, I don't, the, 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 the Spartans were not big on amenities. I forget what movie that's from, but that's what I told myself. That's what I told myself. It's like, I don't need a nice place. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, if you don't know anybody in a big city, you know, I, I, I found my first place on, on Craigslist and it seems so abstract, you know, especially like my only really reason for ever knowing or experiencing Craigslist because, you know, I wasn't buying and selling shit on Craigslist, you know, as like a, a teenager or whatever. I just know the Craigslist killer. So I'm thinking like, oh my God, am I going to get fucking murdered if I go out here? And you got to be thinking the same thing. You're like, dude, I just met these people on Facebook. What the hell am I doing? Yeah, man. It was, um, it was crazy. I mean, I remember meeting my first roommate for the first time. He's the first person I met in New York and he's still one of my best friends to this day. Like the first guy that, that moved into that apartment and I was like building my stuff from Ikea and he walked in. My parents had, had peeled out probably a few hours earlier and he walked in with one of his buddies and um, yeah, they went up to the rooftop to check out the rooftop. I went up and I was just, you know, made made one of my, what would be one of my best friends to date. So That's awesome. Yeah, man. Really cool. One of the other guys that moved into the apartment was uh, the guy that ended up like introducing me and getting me my job at JustWorks when I was out of my ass for a little bit. Nice. Um lived with a kid that was like a creative director like that was or like in school to be a creative director around like doing like animation for movies and stuff like that mm. um lived with a really good musician like i, I just, really 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 cool people came in and out of that apartment for sure good That's times awesome. to be had yeah yeah it's like a melting pot of just creatives and just interest where are you from what do you do you know? oh my god man yeah we had thanksgiving there one year too and they brought all their random friends and stuff like that and i was just like this is like real thanksgiving Hell right yeah. here man yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's get back to this where you are with the Nets and then you go to do this opportunity with what you think is going to be this really, I don't know, lucrative sales opportunity with that's affiliated with the NFL. Tell me about that. Yeah, it, it, it like I definitely thought like we were going to make some like big sales and stuff and like make some big checks for sure. But like it wasn't like I was like presented with this insanely lucrative opportunity. No, like it was um, more more of like what I felt like was a career move. So when I got to the Nets and like this is how all of these pro teams build out these these um, sales organizations is like they bring you in as what's called like an inside sales manager. So you're just like on the phones, pounding the phones all day long, um, cold calls, just like worst leads possible. <laughs> like someone that like went to one Nets Lakers game in 1996 and they're like, what? Like, who? what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get promoted to an account executive, you kind of like grind your teeth, you do well, you, they promote you to an account executive is what they call it. And like, they kind of like feed you more like season ticket holders and people that you can renew and like build a book of business that way kind of thing. So, you know, looking back on my career, I really wish that I would have, I don't wish anything cause like everything's worked out really well, but like I kind of wish I would have just stayed with the Nets. Like I was making really good relationships. My bosses liked me a lot. Um, I was doing, I was starting to do really well. Love New York, obviously ended up going back. Um, but at the time I was presented with this opportunity. It was going to be an account executive. They were going to feed me Super Bowl leads. Like we were going to sell six figure deals. And, you know, even like my boss with the Nets at the time was like, yeah, you should probably take that. So I did it. And I had to move to Dallas, Texas. And I did that sight unseen. And... My boss, the guy that hired me at NFL, got fired by the NFL like two weeks after they brought me down there. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I was basically I was basically um managed by this VP that was up in New York or he was actually in San Francisco and was like mostly managing us remotely. Like most of the days we were just in this office, like me and these like six other salespeople, like 
no supervision or anything. Like it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> and we were just like answering the phone. Like sometimes it'd be like, it, sometimes it'd be like a guy like being like, yeah, I'm trying to like renew my tickets. Like be like a $250,000 deal. And then someone call in like the next line and be like, I'm trying to like return my chargers tickets for the weekend. I'd be like, that's not my job, man. <laughs> so it was crazy, man. Um, a lot of, lot of ups and downs with that job. No one was really happy. Um, they paid us nickels and dimes. And then, like, the guy that got, you know, hired to replace our boss, like, changed things, too. Like, it was just crazy. So That's tough when you don't have good direction. I mean, good leadership is a lot of times what can make – and good management. I mean – Yeah, yeah. And I, I'll say this, too. Like, the guy that they hired, um, they came in. Like, he's a, he's a really successful – he got a good track record in the industry. And, like, you know, again, like, I was young, pretty immature. Like, there's definitely things I probably could have handled a little bit differently and um, learned from him a little bit more, certainly. But – it was a mess. You know, I think he'd probably tell you the same thing. Like he came into something he wasn't really expecting either. So it was, it, it was a little bit crazy for everyone. What did you, what kind of stuff did you learn or what kind of skills did you pick up doing that job that you now continue to use and that you've built on if, if any, you know, cause I mean, it, it might be something like you, you were talking about like the cold calls and some of that stuff. And then, you know, you're in another situation down the line where you're like, oh yeah, I've got this experience because I learned how to do this. Even though this job was like, didn't really work out. I learned how to do this through grinding through those days. Yeah, for sure. And like, no matter where I like at the nets, I saw people, you know, collect pretty nice commission checks, like an NFL, like it was really a huge luck of the draw thing. I was one of seven salespeople like responsible with like selling the entire NFL's inventory of Super Bowl. So like, it was such a, it was, it was very much dependent on like luck, whoever answered the phone for the person that was going to ask for a $400,000 contract. So like I saw people collect huge commission checks. So like, I think like, not, I think like, I know those first two years with the nets and then NFL, like that's where I was like, okay, I don't know about sports, but like definitely sales, like sales for sure. Mm -hmm. Salespeople make a lot of money. I like how that works i want to do that <laughs> um and my boss at the nets ashley was like very much the first person i think like i went to the nets thinking i would kind of explore different career paths that i might be able to like break into within the sports industry whether it was like marketing or um you know pr or I, I don't know like different different avenues and my boss ashley was like you you should be in sales like you're you're gonna be good at this and you can make a lot of money and so like you know that's what i wanted to do so then how long do you stay in Dallas? Stayed in Dallas from June 2016 to November 2016. <laughs> I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> and then you come back to New York, right? Yeah, I came straight back to New York, man. That was another just like homecoming. Um, got a job with a company that was owned by Tiki Barber at the time mm. and it was a, it was an influencer marketing um like database type company and this was when influencer marketing was like the wild wild west so it was a really it was like a cool opportunity and and that was my pivot kind of a little bit from sports where i had friends in the tech industry in new york that were making more money and working less hours mm -hmm. and at that point i just wanted to live in new york so 
I was kind of like not the most excited about like what I was going to sell with like the influencer marketing stuff. But like I, I also knew the market opportunity was there. Like it was a really hot sale at the time. Um, what so I, was that? It was like uh, it was called Julius was the name of the company. And it was an influencer marketing database. So like almost like think like LinkedIn for like brands and companies that want to hire influencers for different campaigns and stuff. So like you know, they would, we were selling a software, so they'd have access to this software. And we had like just this huge database of influencers. Like, so they put all these different parameters that they were looking for, for like, you know, all right, we're looking to hit women 18 to 34 who um, love dogs and have a blog about cooking. Like you can like really just drill in on like these crazy granular details. And then I like give you an influencer, like a list of influencers who fit what you're looking for, fit the audience you're looking for you know, prices that they do per post per each platform. And then like ways, like we would have like direct like contact to their, um, like their management team from Tiki's network. And then like other people that he had hired off like too. So sure. It was interesting. It Reach was, out to those people say, Hey, do you want to do this? And yeah, it, it was weird. It was a weird sale. Why? Just cause like I would, I would like be like demoing the platform for people or like actually the job that I had at the time wasn't like where we would demo, but like the people right above me would demo. So I would, I would see it happening. And we'd be demoing it and showing them like different like searches and stuff. And I'd be seeing like 16 year old or like 17 year old dudes that are making like $17,000 a post on YouTube. I was like, this is just depressing. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't need to see this. <laughs> yeah, that was my next question. Did these people suck? Which people? <laughs> the influencers that you yeah, guys I, were in I, contact I, with. I didn't. I wasn't on like the team that managed the talent, so like I didn't deal with them. Thank God. I probably would. I might have left New York if I had to <laughs> deal with that shit, man. <laughs> so yeah, no, I was just selling the software. But, yeah, nice to like to like agencies, brands, and agencies that kind of stuff. So it was it was interesting. It's interesting. The client facing people within that company. Did they ever give you any good stories about people that were difficult to work with or? Not, not, not really, man. It was a short-lived stint at that company. It was a pretty short-lived stint, which is a, you know, you asked me before we got on the air, like, um, like one of the bigger lessons I've learned in my career. And sure. like, that's definitely, you know, from, from this, um, this little stint I had with this company. But Which was what? So came in from, you know, backtrack a little bit, like I was at NFL, right? And you know, while it wasn't the opportunity I was looking for, like we were definitely still selling like a lot of big contracts. Like, you know, if you've ever researched Super Bowl tickets and what it costs to go to the Super Bowl <laughs> and multiply that by like a business wants to take 40 people out, like you're selling really big contracts and you're getting people to sign really big contracts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I didn't understand at the time is like a, 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 a SaaS sale is what the industry is. I'm in like software as a service. So tech and you're like, it's a much different sales process to, to sell to a business than, you know, you know, Roger, who's been to the Super Bowl the last eight years and who just wants to like buy him again. Like that's a really easy transactional sale. You don't really have to have a ton of skill to do that. Sure. To convince a business to spend money on a software on an annual basis and like, you know, trying to get them to understand what the business is. It's, it's just a way different sale. I didn't understand that at the time. So the way that the, the SaaS industry works is you kind of have to cut your teeth in these positions that are called sales development rep positions. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is like you're setting meetings for account executives to like close meetings basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have a quota every single month, of like meetings you have to set. And I did know that like I had to do this going into tech because my friends did it. But I came in from like selling like multiple six figure contracts. Like I came in with kind of a big head and it was like 11 person company. So 
you know, I kind of thought I had a little bit bigger voice in the company that I did. And I came in and like knocked it out of the park my first couple months, did really, really well, and kind of started putting pressure on my boss, the lady that hired me at the time, to promote me. And they were like hiring for an account executive and, um, you know, those jobs, like they pay very, very well. And I was like, I can do this. Like, let me do it. And I think like pretty innocent at first and probably something I could have worked through. But like, I was really persistent about it and I was doing well, but like I kept just like asking to be promoted and like I'd been at the company for like four months, like five months. And I look back on that time a lot and I'm like, dude, like you had an incredible path in front of you. If you would have just like kept doing what you were doing, like kind of bite your tongue a little bit. Um, but yeah, I ended up like kind of rubbing elbows or like creating some friction with that boss at the time. And, um, there were definitely some things we didn't see eye to eye on. Um, but I was in no place to be making any sort of like suggestions to her at the time about how to like run things or like make decisions on certain things. And, you know, I'm top of the leaderboard or like at least like second one month and then come in and, um, Thursday evening, get called back into back office and, you know, this isn't working out for us. We're, we're going to have to part ways. They cut so, you loose. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I was like protected cause I was doing well. Um, but yeah, dude, they cut me loose. Um, my, my coworkers were, they were all like salty about it. Like they were really upset. Like a couple of guys like, like left the office with me. It was like the end of the day, but, um, yeah, man, she cut me loose and I, you know, I handled it pretty well at the time, but yeah, you know, I, I, I spent the next few months like very upset and like, um, bitter and can't believe you would do that to me. You know, I was, I'm crushing it. Like I'm, I'm good at what I do. Like number one on the team, like looking back on it, like, dude, like you you had such a good opportunity, like a 10 person company in New York, like company with a lot of funding, Tiki Barber owns it, like just do your thing, shut up, keep doing your job. Like you'll get promoted and and be making money. And I, and I set myself back. So, um, ended up at just works next and kind of had to do that same job for a little bit, did it quickly and got promoted, but definitely set myself back a little bit. Do you feel like you pushed too hard or do you think, you know, because sometimes some of these bosses, the way that they're thinking is, holy shit, this person's coming up quick. They've risen fast. They might take my fucking job. I need to get rid of this person. Man, it's it's really funny you say that. Like, I never thought of it that way. I never thought of it that way. Like, ever. Ever. She was like a VP. And that's like what a lot of people would say. They'd be like, yeah, she's like, she thinks you're coming for her job kind of thing. Yeah. I, like, well, I don't know why she thinks that. Like, I just want her to promote me. Like, I want to make a lot of money for her. But... Um, it's funny you say that. Yeah. Egos drive so many different decisions, um, that I don't know. It's, it's just sad to watch, um, people squander the people that they're supposed to be bringing with them. And sometimes people, you know, it's almost like, I I think management, good management is so hard to come by. And a lot of times you'll see people in manager positions or leadership positions. It's not because they're they're qualified to be there as a leader or a manager of people. It's because maybe they they just that was their ascension. They they had to be promoted, so then they get put in this manager role because then it's more money and it's better opportunity for them. And so, but they're in charge of leading people and developing people. And some I don't think that there's very many like it's just it's just very hard to come by. I know it's and, a, it's everything. It's almost everything. 
And then also, I've been uh, I've been binge watching Survivor a lot lately. Okay. Okay. Uh, I my girlfriend got me onto it, and then I was like, oh my god, I'm so tired of rewatching the same like ten shows. So I'm gonna just go through this, and um, it's funny how how frequently I'll relate Survivor into like looking at the way that I look at life now. Because if I'm thinking about you and your boss and your your other tribe of nine or ten other coworkers on a team, she's voting you out because you're a threat. <laughs> she's like, we got to get Shane out. Shane going tonight. He's a threat. Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. I need to watch Survivor. I haven't seen it in forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm working my way through them, but... Okay, so um, yeah, that can be tough. Like again, so what does that call to your parents like when you're up in New York and you get? I mean, had you ever been fired from a job? No, nah, man, it was a real identity crisis. Like I, that was the that was the other thing that was really tough about it at the time. Was like aside from like I was doing well when I got fired. Like that's really tough to just come to grips with. Like you know, almost even to this day. Like I kind of wish she would have just like really more level set with me and been like, hey, dude, like. And she kind of did actually at one point. She was like, hey, like this is, I hired you for like a career move. Like this is not like, so, you know, there, there, there's definitely some, some things I would have done differently, but, um, I'm sorry. What, what was your, your last question? Uh, just making that call to your parents. Oh, the call to the parents. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it, it kind of been like a slow build up. I think like when I had that first conversation about like, uh, please, you know, you should promote me. It kind of started going downhill like fairly quickly and, um, you know, I, I wonder back to this day, like how much of it, like I was contributing to versus like how much like actual, like passive aggressiveness it was like from my boss, like after that happened. Sure. Um, but there were definitely some days, like I'd, I'd call my mom, <laughs> literally call my mom and be like, dude, like this seems very unfair. Like I'm doing really well. Like my boss is like really upset with me. Like, and I remember like I went out to LA with my dad, like probably a week or two before I got fired and really just like talking to him about it. I was like, I don't get it, man. Like, I'm doing really well and I feel like I'm in trouble all the time. And that's when he he was kind of like what you said, you know, she's probably a little bit threatened. Well, dude, I mean, what else can it possibly be? I mean, if you're hitting your numbers, a lot of times shitty employees will get kept around even though they suck to be around. If they hit their numbers, it's like, who cares? They Right, they, right. So you're doing well in this role. And you know what? Like, I don't think you should ever... You know, uh, like we could say a million things, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have done things differently. Like, who wouldn't? Looking back at anything that they've ever done in their life. But I think moving forward, I mean, you, you should have, I, I wish and, and hope a peace for you, a peace of mind in that, dude, people will tell you all the time, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, yeah. right? And if you're not applying yourself and you're not making it known to your bosses, hey, I think I'm ready for something else. I think I'm capable of more. I want to be more for this company. I want to fucking kill it for you guys. You know, give me an opportunity. Like, I'm hungry. I think you're demonstrating all of those things by asking those questions. There's certainly a line that can get crossed with how, you know, the ways in which you go about it and and how you handle that. And that's going to be different for everybody. Right. But yeah. I think asking those questions, that's, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was another lesson that I learned in the short time when I was in Dallas, um, you know, NFL is headquartered in New York. Um, so like pretty quickly after they fired this other guy, they were like talking about like how much sense does it even make for us to have an office in Dallas in the first place. And, um, you know, when things were just like really rough and like I was having huge FOMO of New York, like just, 
feeling like I made a bad decision in general. Um, they transferred like the only two friends that I had in Dallas, like at the time, like they worked for NFL, these dudes, Colin and Abe, um, only two friends I had in Dallas one day come in the office and find out they're getting transferred to the New York office. And like, I'm just not, and I just came from New York and they didn't. And I went to the, at the VP at the time. I was like, dude, what? Like, what do you, what? Like, you know, <laughs> I want to go back to New York. And he was like, you never told me that you never asked. And he was right. I never asked. I just acted miserable. That's it. They didn't ask. So I think that was like, I kind of went into that other job and I was like, oh, I got to ask. <laughs> I, mean, I asked a little bit too soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you're, you're, you're right. I think it's part of my personality and, um, I'm still like, I'd say like the people that I'm, I'm managed by to this day. And like, even like my past job, like very good relationships with, they tell you, like, they tell you, like I challenge them for sure. Yeah. So it's, I always equate, um, dating and sales. There's so oh, yeah. many overlaps with those. It's too many. But, um, in any role in, in business or in sales, especially sales, you know, to close a deal, like you, you have to make the ask and you never know what the answer is going to be. You never know what you can get until you just ask. So I applaud and, uh, you for asking and I would, you know, just keep fucking shooting, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. It turned out to be all right. So, so then you're kind of looking for jobs after that happens. Right. And then how long is it until the next thing pops? Yeah, man, it was rough. It was rough for a little bit. So there were definitely some, you know, sometimes I was questioning like if I could still make it in New York at that point. So, you know, moved up to New York again, like 2015, did a season with the Nets, like did fairly well there, but like very entry level again like you're they're paying you nothing to do that job and like you get sick experiences i was courtside all the time like it was mm. a you they pay you with, with with stuff like that sure um but so did that um you know and then the job with nfl like again like kind of similar situation made some decent commission checks here and there but like the salary was nothing like they weren't paying us anything and on top of that i had just broken a lease like mid lease to move back to new york so in other words, like when I got fired from Julius, like my bank account was not in a great place. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm still in that five, you know, luckily to God, I was still in that six bedroom apartment paying the rent I was paying. So like I could afford to, you know, live in New York for a few months and kind of, you know, look for some jobs and stuff like that. But it was brutal, man. Like I, I, I was thinking about, um, and I probably should have looking back, but like getting, you know, jobs at restaurants and stuff like that, just to like float, float myself for a few more weeks. Didn't end up like having to do it necessarily, um, luckily, but, um, yeah, ended up like by the absolute grace of God, um, one of the random roommates that had moved into the apartment when I was in Dallas. So like wasn't one of the pr people that lived there the first year I was there, he was working at this company called JustWorks and doing the SDR role that I was doing, like when I was at Julius and he was having a much better experience and they were about to promote him and they had this like super transparent path and all that kind of stuff. And they were, um, they're an HR company. They do like benefits and payroll and stuff like that. So like he had like tried to get me an interview for several months, like when I was looking for jobs and I was just like, ah, I don't, that just doesn't sound that great to me. Payroll, HR doesn't sound great. Um, and then people have a really negative impression. Like if yeah, you talk to HR, yeah, you're probably in trouble. It's right? just like not what I felt like I came to New York to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he was like, just come see the office. Like, just come check it out. After I had like gotten rejected from like some, some jobs I really wanted, there was this like NFL media job out in Los Angeles that I was going to work directly for this VP that had been there for like 30 years. And I got to like the final round and 
got rejected, like just heart wrenching stuff, man. <laughs> um, but he he convinced me to come up to the office and check it out. And like, you ever watch Silicon Valley on HBO? Yeah. I remember just like walking into this office and being like, "Whoa, like this is a business." <laughs> Like there's just, like cool people walking around in like jeans and like sweatshirts and like just like you know selling shit like on their on the go like they're holding their laptop walking around the office with a dog and stuff like that, <laughs> um, and I was like well, this seems kind of fun like what are the benefits like, um, so you know he ended up like convincing me to take an interview, um, really liked the guy that like I was going to be working for and I just told him I was like real transparent with him I was like look like. I feel like I should be an account executive. Like they wanted me to do the sales development role like that I was doing at Julius where you're setting up meetings for people. Mm-hmm. I remember telling him, like, I was like, I really feel like I should be an account executive, but like I also really need this job. So like what do I have to do to get promoted? And he was like, there's like a whiteboard in the room he was like interviewing me on. He was like sh- literally just like wrote out the path. He's like, you hit this number, you do this, you do this. Hit this number, you close. Like your deal's closed like this, blah, blah, blah. You'll get promoted by this time. And I was like, all right, like for real, definitely. Put that on put that on paper. Did it, signed the contract, really bought into like the culture and you know, they were kind of like bringing a more tech forward, customer friendly um, um, approach to HR and payroll. Like what you, me and you were saying is like a very outdated industry. Like it's been owned by a couple of huge companies for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. So I got excited about it and, and bought into like selling what I was going to be selling and um, came in did what I was supposed to do. And at the time at JustWorks, like I think was like a record for like getting out of that program, like the sales development program. Did it in eight months, went to President's Club. They took me to Mexico. Hey. Popping champagne with my VP on a boat. Next thing you know <laughs> what, I'm an account executive. So yeah. yeah, man, that that's where that's where things really took off for me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta pop bottles, you know. Man, yeah, our VP was a goofball at JustWorks, man. He popped I saw him pop probably fifty bottles of champagne. <laughs> In the time that I was there, man, we were crushing it for a while. Yeah. Do you have any of the numbers off the top of your head or like percentage uh, of plan or numbers? I don't I I mean, so when I when I came in I was doing the SDR role, remember. So like I it was definitely a job like I proved that I was overqualified for. Like I just knocked it out of the absolute park. And like your 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 quota is a certain amount of meetings per month. Mm-hmm. And I think my quota was like seven meetings per month, which is like kind of tough to do. And I was I was hitting like 14, 15 meetings every single month. So like you know, and this company did a good job of, you know, paying you for the work you did. And like your, my base salary was lower in that type of role, but um, compensated me, you know, fairly. I felt like I was being like my my manager at the time was so perfect for me because like he would give me advice when I wanted it and when I would ask him questions and stuff. But like he knew what I was trying to do and he knew I was good enough to do it. So like he just never fucking said anything to me. Mm-hmm. He was just like, this kid's a savage. Like, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Like, <laughs> you sure you don't want to? You don't want some lunch? Like, I was just, like, making calls, like, nonstop, 24-7. I was like, I got to get promoted. So, yeah. And finally it happens. Yeah, it happened. It happened. And I it happened, like, it was one of the best times in my life, absolutely, ever. And it's when I met my girlfriend, who, at the, it's still my girlfriend at the time. Um, nice. We're about to go to Austin, Texas this weekend. But, um, yeah, man, like, so, like, I started at JustWorks in October 2017. And by early May or almost like the end of April, I was like already pretty much at my number to be promoted for the June class. Mm. So like May, the entire month of May and like most of April, like I was just like walking into work. Like 
I had already earned my promotion. Like I didn't really need to do anything else. And like, I was still working, obviously I wanted to like go out on a high note and, and I did. Um, but you know, it was at that time that I had like officially cleared president's club. So like I knew I was about to get a free trip to Mexico with all my coworkers coming up. I knew that I was about to be promoted in June. Um, I was about to get a raise. Like I was going to move into this new apartment in the upper West side. Like, and then I met, you know, my girlfriend now Lauren in Mexico on president's club. And yeah, man, like I just like it was just like one of those times in life where you're just like kind of like literally like, does it get better than this? Can like, I fucking miss? <laughs> like, does it get better than this? <laughs> um, but yeah, but no, like, not even like at that time, like financially, not even like doing like insane things, just like doing well at work and like being appreciated and like having a manager who like wants to help me develop personally and like making really good friendships. Like I, I've made lifelong, I made lifelong friendships from people that I worked with at JustWorks and um, there's something about that, um, sales development role in tech. Like everyone's kind of like trying to fight to get out of it kind of thing. So like, I miss that so much, man, like being in the office in those types of situations and you just, you develop really close relationships is one thing I love about the, the job that I do. So. Cause you're trenched up with those people. Yeah, man. Yeah. You go through the, the highs and lows together. So, you know, when no one's hitting quota, you, you, you're on the silent sales floor together. And then when, you know, VP is popping champagne bottles, you're, you're experiencing that too. So <laughs> So then that company um, gets acquired, right? JustWorks did not get acquired. No, they had they had big plans to IPO. And, um, you know, I really thought like I was for a while, like I thought I was going to be like a lifer at JustWorks. I thought this is where I want to like build my career. Um, I want to stay here. I want to IPO with the company. And, you know, there's some really good incentives to stay at companies like that and do that. That's why they give you equity. Um, they want you they want that decision to leave to be hard. Sure. And it was, it was very hard. And, you know, I remember going back to my first boss at the time I had been promoted. So I was working for a different guy and I was close enough with my first boss that I could be really transparent with him when I was thinking about leaving the company and, um, making some moves. And like, you know, even he was like, you sure you want to like leave your equity and stuff? Like, you know, he made it, they made it hard. Mm -hmm. They made it really hard. Um, but they did not, they didn't get acquired. They're still, you know, doing what they do. Um, but they sell to mostly small businesses. Like, so I wanted to sell to bigger companies and that's kind of like, I, I kind of always knew I had a ceiling there. So that's why I left. And then you get to daily pay, which is where you're at now. Yeah. So I actually did like a, a very short stint at a, um, a super small startup called Manta right when I left JustWorks. And, um, it was a company that I'd kind of like talked to at JustWorks as like a potential customer thing and didn't end up working out cause they were like an international company and we couldn't do that. But, um, they were in the data lineage space. So they work with like huge banks and, um, massive just like fortune 500 corporations to collect like all their data and help like manage it and stuff like that you you can tell like i'm having a tough time explaining it it's stuff like at the time like <laughs> i got sold on the opportunity again kind of like you can make so much money like they def they were giving me a raise to to leave JustWorks, and i was going to be working directly with the cro of this company um who i just got a really good impression from he had a really awesome background worked for paycom for like 15 years which was a great company just murdered it um so I was really confident about it and it was a step into enterprise sales too. So like, I was kind of like this, you know, if it doesn't work out, whatever, like I'll still get enterprise sales on my resume and I'll make a move from there. And that's pretty much what I ended up doing pretty quickly. So what is enterprise sales? Uh, just selling to larger companies in general. Yeah. So I'm sorry, like to backtrack when I was at JustWorks, that, that would be like what we'd call small business sales. Mm -hmm. Um, so like typically companies like 
it could be anywhere from two people to maybe like 150 people, maybe 200 people. Um, and then enterprise sales is typically like, you know, 2000 above, um, strategic sales more gets into like a, you know, like a company like a target or a Kroger or something like that, but, um, just bigger companies in general. Yeah. So what are your day to days? What are, what's, what's like a typical week look like for you? Um, a lot of meetings, a lot of presentations. I, I'm like, I I feel like I'm a performer a lot of the time in the role that I'm in right now, especially in enterprise sales. There's more people involved. There's more red tape I got to go through to get a deal done. So, you know, initially like I'll have a meeting with someone just to learn about daily pay. Daily pay is the company I work for. Um, and you know, try to uncover like things and ways that we can help them through that conversation. If I'm able to like convince them that there's enough value in what we're selling, you know, try to convince them to get me on on the phone with their executives and the people that are really going to be able to drive that decision. And at that point, I'm like presenting. So, you know, I've got a lot of first calls put on my calendar every single week on top of these follow up meetings I got to do that take a little bit more preparation. And then the best salespeople that set themselves apart are the ones that also like create their own opportunities. So like if you're not, if you have downtime, you better be like on the phone setting meetings, which much easier said than done frankly, like when you're presenting all day, but yeah, yeah, so I try to do. So then, then you're using the journalism skills because then you're, you're presenting to these people. That's, that's communication. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I, I, I don't know how much I could say, like, I, I've really like learned from my college degree that I've been able to apply to like what I'm doing now, more so just like making it through and like getting things done and making it to class and, um, you know, learning from mistakes, certainly in college too. But I, I, I feel like I really like learned a lot of things by fire, trial by fire. And then, you know, through reading and like different people who accomplished what I was trying to accomplish. So like a lot of like my mentors, quote unquote, are like, I would say like people I don't even know, like, you know, people that I've just like read like all their shit and listened to all every single podcast interview they've been on and stuff, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Yeah. You can really, I mean, I've, I've been raised by many fathers in that way yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, and business, you just, yeah, that's why I love, I love podcasts, obviously, but um, that's really cool. So you, uh, you've been doing this role now for how long? So, like in tech sales, I would say like since the when I got promoted at JustWorks, so like 2018. Um, but like the role that I'm in now with Daily Pay, um, I got hired. January 2020 so damn right before the shit man the fan. I mean count, counting my blessings every single day like I and I work for a boss that I absolutely love working for he's an awesome manager daily pay has been great with like handling this whole work from home situation and stuff so you know like I mentioned I I, I tried something out when I left JustWorks initially that I knew pretty quickly didn't work out so yeah, man, I got the job with, 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 uh, daily pay before all this stuff happened. And, um, I think about it all the time. Just so lucky. So lucky. Yeah. Tell me just real quick. We don't have to spend a ton of time on COVID, but I mean, you're there at the epicenter of the quarantine and everything is hitting the fan at once and you're living in the city and what were those? I mean, I just remember March and driving around here and it was almost like a scene from I Am Legend, you know, because I was still going to the studio like a week or two after we were supposed to be kind of like everybody was supposed to be working from home, right? And I'd be like, holy shit, I'm the only car on 71 right now. This is insane. And I'm sure you're seeing, 
and used to this bustling scene of New York and the bridge yeah. and what's that like? It it's um I mean, it's something I think about every single day. I think about it every single day now. Um it sucks. Like it absolutely sucks. And obviously it sucks for everyone. Like it sucks for everyone, right? Like everyone everyone's been impacted by this. Yeah. Every single city is a little bit different now because of COVID. Um but New York is what makes New York unique is um like almost like some of like the unflattering things about New York, like some of like the, the population density, like how crowded New York City is, um, and the hustle of New York City and, and people being in the subway every single morning, like if you love New York, like if you're someone that moves there and you decide you want to live there, like you, you, there's parts of these things that you really love like every single day and like getting on a subway and like the diversity of New York City and being around just like so many different types of people every single day. Um, I think about it all the time, but in terms of like what it was like when it first happened, like I felt like I was in a history book. I mean, for the first couple weeks, like before anyone knew anything about anything about what was going on, like, I just remember feeling unsure, really unsure. Being at the grocery, I remember like being at the grocery a couple times before like everyone was wearing masks, you know, like a couple people wearing masks and stuff and being concerned myself. Um, this is scary. Like I'm in New York. Like, I don't know how real this thing is. Like, I don't know how dangerous it is. So I remember being a little bit nervous at first and then, um, New York just changed, man. I mean, I think it'll, I think it'll be back, but I, I spent a lot of the first few months, like, um, just hoping, hoping it would be a little bit different than it was, I think in terms of just like how they reacted to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been tough. It's been tough. Yeah. How did it change? What do you mean? There's just not, you know, like I said, like the, the density, the people there, like, um, you know, even just like working remote every single day, like not getting on the subway in the morning. Like I did that for four years prior, like every single day, get on the subway in the morning, go grab my coffee. Um, you know, when I got hired by daily pay too, like their office is on broad street, which is like right off wall street. So like every single day, like I'm walking, like getting off the subway by Wall Street, like walking by the, 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 you know, the New York Stock Exchange, like that's, I, every single day for like the five years that I lived in New York before this stuff happened, like every single day I would have moments where I was like, holy shit, like I live in New York, holy shit. And you don't have that when you're working from home and when people aren't outside doing things and. Um, you know, I love to go to the restaurants in New York and like, that's like, that's where I spend my money outside of work. Like I love to go to restaurants that have been there for 60 years and and the history and the, just the food in New York in general and the bars. Like it's just, you know, this dude balls, this dude fucking balls. (laughs) No, come on. I've seen some of the posts and and, you know, it's, it's awesome. I, you know, he, but yeah, this dude, you eat well, my friend. I mean, I just love, like I said, like it, it kind of like I shifted. Like at first, when I got out of college, like I wanted to live in, or I wanted to be in sports, right? Like that's what I wanted to do first. And then I just found out, like I loved the lifestyle in New York City, and I wanted to do that. And yeah, like you know, we we did really well at JustWorks. Um, you know, daily pay start. Like that's just yeah, I, that's that's what I like to do when I go. <laughs> I don't know where I'm trying to go with that. Yeah, go you're eat right, some Italian right, food. Right. You, you brought some wine over tonight. This is very nice. We got some wine in the studio, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess let's. Uh, I don't know. You you want to keep going? I could take this in a couple of different other directions, or maybe we could just wrap a ribbon on this. I don't know how long we've been going. I can't see what that what those numbers say down there. Oh, okay, about an hour. So, um. 
yeah for sure i don't know if you had any other like like questions or anything like that you wanted to ask but i mean honestly a lot of it is just kind of like big picture stuff you know what what do you think has been the best piece of business advice that you've given or received throughout your career yeah i i think like there's two ways i could take this i think like i remember having a conversation with my grandma um in college i had i had uh, run into the run into the police a couple times in college just for being a knucklehead not for doing anything like super you know bad or dangerous or anything like that like just being in the wrong place at the wrong time like not shutting my mouth kind of thing and i remember coming home and, and my grandma telling me like i was like upset about it and talking about like how like they were bad you know bad, bad police and, like shouldn't sh- i shouldn't have got arrested all these kind of like you know like uh, uh, you, uh, uh, as a victim you will never win like in that position you will never win and really teaching me like that life is not about the things that happen to you it's about the way that you respond to them and I think if you like if I look back at you know coming from Orange Theory Fitness to the Nets to making a decision to leave the Nets when I had really good relationships to going to Dallas to trying to get promoted really fast and being kind of a hot head like there's just like different things that I've had to kind of like take a step back with and and say you know did this happen to me or was it my reaction to what happened that put me in the position that I'm in and, um, my grandma definitely taught me that and then my boss Ashley from the Nets definitely like you know she pulled me in one day it must have been like my first th- you know three weeks living in New York and I was up there just kind of enjoying what I was doing getting to, getting in the office kind of on time you know and she had sent like out a team email and I didn't respond to it. Like, I think she just like wanted me to like respond to it and be like, thank you. I got it kind of thing. And she pulled me into her office the next day and she was like furious. She was like, you made a commitment to me. Like you told me you want to be in New York. Like you told me like you can't mess up and you have a lot of potential. I see a lot of potential, but like, I kind of also see you like just kind of like, you don't have a plan really like you're just kind of coming into work every day like you're picking up the phone like you're doing your job but like you don't really seem that like intentional about it and she was like if you try to go through New York in your career like without a plan every single day you won't make it and that's something I very much still live by is like if you're just like kind of going through life aimlessly or like going through any activity that you're doing aimlessly and you don't like why you're doing it like what your why is and what your goal is that day to get where you need to go you got to figure that out. So that was something that she taught me like really soon and like kind of like like slapped me in the face and she was like, you want to go back to Kentucky? Like I was like, no. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with Kentucky, obviously. But, you know. No. Hey, look, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've had to adopt the mindset. You got to grow where you're planted, you know, and for what I'm trying to do, it's where I got to be right now. And I, there are parts about Kentucky that I love, you know, that you couldn't get anywhere else. There's also, I, I just, I never want the the mortgage in St. Matthews and, um, you know, a, a wife and kids like that's just not for me. I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm addicted to a big city. I'm yeah. addicted to that subway where you look out, you don't know anybody, no one knows you, 
but you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what the day is going to bring. Um, just those little interactions between strangers. And it, and it really is. I mean, you, you know, you're about to go to Austin, Texas. And even if you go and grab a coffee with your girlfriend in the morning and you just pass somebody, or you hold the door for somebody and they give you like that nod or that smile. It's just like, fuck yeah, man, I can go and do this anywhere I want. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. And there's just like several moments, those, those years in New York where you're just like doing certain things. You're at a certain, you know, bar, like at like a house party that someone you got invited to that you don't know that like works at a cool company because there's a lot of cool companies in New York and <laughs> and you're just kind of like this is cool like I'm glad I checked this out you know I'm glad I checked this out and I think like you know, I would encourage a lot of people to to chase that you know check out some things like and if you come back home you come back home not the end of the world no doesn't have to be no you have gained experiences you know Absolutely. I, I have so much respect for you and anybody else that does that because you don't know what you're going to do, right? You don't know this path. You, you're like, you're, you know, you you just talked about having a plan and navigating, but at some of these points, you're winging it because you, you have to. You're like, where am I going to live? Okay, I, I just got let go. What's the next opportunity going to be? Yeah. And you're navigating all this stuff on your feet. And every time that you've had to figure the next move out you've done it and you had you had the courage to go out on a limb and risk a massive failure when you've probably got like everybody's got haters that want to see somebody come back home or move back home and be like well you know they they couldn't do it or whatever and it's like okay but at least i fucking did it you know yeah. you're, you're still here talking about the same shit right but like You've gone out and you've done that and you've moved and, and, and shaked and navigated your way through, you know, we've we've talked about four or five different companies and opportunities and life kind of like chapters in your life that you've written for yourself. And I just, I really, I can't stress it enough how much respect I have for people like yourself that go out there and do that. I think it's really fucking cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. You did it too, so... So what's next? Do you think about where you want to be or, you know, what's what's the rest of the plan look like, I guess? Yeah, it's um, it's a really interesting time. man. I told you right before we came on the air, my my apartment was in a fire um, in January. Yeah, I can't believe like, we just got to that now. I'm so sorry we're not. I mean, no, nah, it's like that's just like a New York thing. It's <laughs> like if you live in New York, like oh, your apartment caught on fire. I heard about that. Um but yeah, so that happened, <laughs> and like you know, leading leading up to that, I was like very skeptical, like on like it, how much longer I wanted to be in New York with this new normal. Like frankly, like I don't know when New York is gonna be back to the way it was, and to me, that means like everyone just back in the office, like not you know, and that's just gonna be a long time. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a long time, I think, for New York um, with the way people commute to work and stuff like that. But um, you know, so this whole apartment fire happened, and. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot about it that sucks and it's not easy. And it's, it, there's still things currently that I'm dealing with from it that are not easy. Um, but it was almost like, oh, okay. Like here I am again, like confronted with something I didn't expect. And like, that's something again, like I'm very much like, like back to what my grandma said, like life isn't about like what happens to you. It's about how you respond. And like, I'm always kind of like preparing myself for, for things like that. I feel like, so like my apartment went down and I feel like a lot of people told me like, Oh, you handle your hand. You seem to be handling that really well. And I'm like, what the, like, what, how, what, how am I supposed to handle it? Like, just like, you want me to like take drugs and like not do anything? Like I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. Um, so, you know, I had an opportunity to go down to South Carolina, spend some time, which was really nice. Get out of the city. 
Um, and yeah, I've been thinking about Austin, Texas, even like before this stuff happened. I think there's a lot of really exciting things going on down there. Companies moving down there. Um, that's where I want to be right now. So I'm going to go check it out this weekend and make sure that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Not do like what I did before and move to Dallas sight unseen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it, man. It's hard though. I got a lot of friends in New York and, um, it'd be hard to not go back there ultimately. I mean, you know, before this whole thing happened, I would have told you like, that's, that's where I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. I think you'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 And like you said, and we, we've talked about it, like, nothing's permanent if I, I can go down there and come back to New York. So sure, life is fluid, man. Why not? Why not? Why not check out all that you can? So yeah, I mean, you got one life to live, right? If you, I don't know, it's like somebody that would uh, only eat the same type of food over and over and over again. It's like if you don't open yourself up to these new experiences, you might have your favorite food. You haven't even tried it yet, but if you're not willing to try it, you you're you're never gonna find it. You yeah, know, it's true. It's true. Well, this has been uh, this has been awesome. Um, let's. Uh, I didn't have you prepare for this at all, but let's just go rapid fire with some favorites because, like, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love you, it. Oh, I always Mind used to pour another glass. Here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Pour it up. Um, I'll take a little bit more too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so something that I used to do, you know, one of the very first segments that I was getting to do when I was with the bats was a segment called Friday Favorites. And I would just grab one of these players and ask them a bunch of what their favorite food is. What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite thing to do on a date? What's your, like, just a bunch of random stuff. And now that I'm, you know, there's so many weeks, thank you. There's so many weeks that I'm trying to do a million things at once. And I'll be honest, I don't spend enough time reaching out to potential guests. Sure. Um, And... You know, honestly, I've kind of taken this approach now where reaching out to a bunch of people, like I've been able to land some pretty awesome interviews, but by and large, you know, I'll reach out to a manager and they'll be like, all right, well, you know, give me the reach of your podcast. And I'm like, mm. okay, well, you know, I here it is, you know, it's it's like around 100 people an episode, so it's probably not going to like <laughs> do your person, you know, a ton of great but um, I've I've just been like, all right, well, let's just let's focus on the people that I can get, and I think a lot of times those are a lot more genuine, and it's it's um, focusing on just everyday people. There's so much to learn. I think that's always been my approach. Is life is that you can just learn anything from anybody, you know, yeah. no matter what they do, and getting to connect on this with you has been awesome. And um, I look back on those Friday favorite segments. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't have all this time to spend as like a guest booker. Like I, I, I'm trying to grind to get to that guest booker part where I can hire that person, right? But until then, I'll bring on guests and I'm like, okay, I wanted to do two episodes a week, but now if I have a week with two episodes, you know, I'll do the Uber stories or a special on Wednesdays, every Wednesday. And then if I have an interview it's like a bonus. It's like a I'll throw it on on Friday, and now I'm I'm putting this all together as we're sitting here. It's like oh, I'm gonna drop this on Friday, so let's do Friday favorites and let's just go rapid oh, fire. Oh, perfect. Let's go. I love it. I love all it. right, favorite actor. I, off the top, Adam Sandler. All right, favorite Adam Sandler movie. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> favorite rap album. Oh my God, man. Um, 
Can we come back to that one? Yeah. All right. You can give me a top three out of these. You can just Man, go rapid fire. I'll tell you need. what. This is not my favorite rap album of all time, and some of my friends and that are big music aficionados would roast me for saying this, but remember that whole time I was telling you about with like President's Club and all that stuff at JustWorks, like everything was just popping off, going crazy. That's when Astroworld came out. So like Astro World to me like every single one of those songs just has like some crazy memory to it man like Astro World is is up there for me honestly yeah. Sicko it's, just, mode. it's definitely not one of the best albums of all time I'm not saying that but it's <laughs> one of my favorites so fuck off I love it yeah. all right uh, how about favorite thing to do on a rainy day um I like just like chilling man like I miss my space in Brooklyn that's the one thing like I do miss my my apartment space and over there by Barclays Center but. I'm just, I love a rainy day, man. Like rain, looking out the window, something good on the TV, maybe a little fireplace action if you got that going on. So, um, all, all about that. Favorite place to vacation? Or favorite place that you've been? Favorite place that I've been? Probably, probably uh, Mexico. Probably where I had the most fun, for sure. Hilton Head Island comes to mind. I've been there a ton of times. So, yeah. What part of Mexico were you guys in? Um, Riviera Maya. Okay. Yeah, Cancun, flying to Cancun. Nice. Yeah, yeah. A Always good a good time in Cancun. Yeah, yeah. I was in. Uh, I was actually in, in Prague right right before the pandemic happened. That's like the mo- I, that's the first time I've ever been to Europe in my life. Really? So, yeah, but yeah. You liked Prague? I liked it. I was extremely sick. I might have been patient zero. Maybe another podcast episode <laughs> for you. <laughs> but yeah, it was okay. <laughs> I was really sick. <laughs> uh, favorite NFL player. Current or former, just Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. I love Randy Moss, man. Current, obviously, Lamar Jackson. I actually feel really ashamed that it, that wasn't my first answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite MLB player, current or all time? All Definitely time. Ken Griffey Jr. He was like my, I you know, backwards hat when I was a kid. I tried to bat left-handed, literally, just because of him. <laughs> Loved him. Yeah. Now, are, you're a Yankees fan, right? Kind of, kind of, sort of. I'm like a very much like New York sports fan in general. Like, you know, I worked for the Nets, obviously, so like I'll claim being a Nets fan when they win the championship for sure. Um, but like going to Knicks games was like one, my single favorite activity in New York City. So like I can't like not like the Knicks. Um, and then same with like Yankees and Mets. Like when I when I moved up to New York in 2015, October 2015, the Mets were playing the Royals in the World Series. Literally my second week in New York City, my old roommate, my my freshman roommate from Missouri, was working for the Kansas City Royals, hits me up and says, hey, do you want to go to the World Series? And I was like, I don't know if I can afford that. And he was like, it's on me, you idiot. I've got you the tickets at Will Call if you can be there tonight. So second week in New York City, I got to go to a World Series game. Um, so like I was kind of like a Mets fan for like a, you know, like kind of a Mets fan after that experience, but then it's like the Yankees, are the better team. So like I want to root for the better team. So I was always just rooting for good, good, good sports. You know. Hell yeah! How about favorite book? Ooh, man, uh, Relentless by Tim Grover. He's a he's one of the trainers, right? Yeah, he trained Kobe and, and Michael Jordan. I read his book right before I started at JustWorks. That changed me as a, like a business person. That like I. This whole like mama mentality stuff, I feel like like after Kobe died, kind of got like changed a little bit into like what it actually is, and like 
reading this book, it was just like it was all about how Kobe was just like willing to like just step on people's throats and just like go to extreme <laughs> measures to to be the best of all time. And I would just like come in with this job where like I knew I had to grind it out to get promoted, and I'd be like, I'm fucking Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> dropping 81 like i'm serious man that's why i say it was my favorite book it was just like it very much like i i I go back and listen to it on audible all the time it gets me fired up i love it favorite podcast um mind pump it's a it's like a fitness and health podcast i found it in like 2015 um like literally just like searching things like trying to get advice for things and like they're huge now massive fitness podcast um those guys are awesome i absolutely love them yeah mind pump Check nice. them out. I will. Yeah, they talk about a ton of shit too. It's not all fitness, but favorite car. Car? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm not a big car guy, honestly. Like if I uh if I if, if I end up settling in Dallas or I'm sorry, in Austin, probably get like a nice like you know, new Jeep tra- uh, Cherokee. Like just a nice good old car like that. I don't I don't really I don't really like cars that much. I don't know. Favorite character in Entourage? Ari. <laughs> Same. Obviously. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Obviously. (laughs) Um, Favorite memory that you've had in New York? Oh, man. Probably the... um, I mean, I I found myself in, in a lot of crazy places in New York that I... You know, especially like when I was working for the Nets that... I couldn't, you, you wouldn't even believe if I told you to this day. Um, <laughs> we got time. <laughs> I was at a, uh, Amigos album release party, like my first five months probably in New York. And I got invited via a client that I had sold season tickets to who did like tattoos for people like that. And like mm-hmm. did tattoos for like Nets players and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that, that's not, that's not my favorite memory in New York. That was just like an event that I very much found myself out of place at for sure in my first year in New York. (laughs) But probably when you asked me that, probably like the, when I got to JustWorks, you know, I was there for like two and a half years. So the two like holiday parties that I went to (laughs) at JustWorks for like a company that's just like raising just insane amounts of money at the time, like they were they were going through their series C and series D at the time. So just raising millions and millions and millions of dollars. So these holiday parties they would throw were just like absolutely insane at these crazy venues, like all the food in the world, all like the open bottles and stuff like that. And then like I was just going with like people that I was selling with and having a great time with and um yeah, my first holiday party at JustWorks, like when I was like my first like two months there, like way just way overserved and a couple guys like ended up having to like carry me out to a taxi cab and like it, they're, they ended up like they're some of my best friends to this day um so, did, yeah did they bring a dj in or oh yeah music in? oh yeah yeah a holiday party in in new york city is a usually a mess a lot of usually multiple firings like people will get fired um for fucking up just bad yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah any of those stories come to mind not not you obviously but uh um of people getting fired from holiday parties. Um, yeah, there was like the, I I wasn't there for it, but right when I started at at daily pay, like the, the, one of the managers for, um, one of the more entry level sales roles had like just been let go. And it was from a holiday party incident (laughs) that like, I still haven't even really gotten the full details on, which makes me think it was probably not great. 
Um, but yeah, man. I mean, and what happened to me was like they bring they just like all like top shelf like open bottle like you're just walking up getting shots like just like absolutely no questions asked like people are just <laughs> ripping shots. <laughs> and then at this freaking party that I went to, my first one at Just Works like the food that they brought were like f- like little like kale salads and like, like i think i missed the pizza or something like that it was just bad it was just not good <laughs> empty tank <laughs> yeah, yeah empty tank man. Yeah. <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster yeah long, long answer those are probably some of my favorite memories there and then just like you said i loved going to restaurants and stuff like that so i, I think back to all the really cool restaurants that i would go to and stuff so last one favorite quote everything gets easier when you stop expecting it to be easy damn yeah yeah, stop expecting shit to be easy. It's not easy. That's real talk. That's what we do, That's man. That's real talk, yeah. <laughs> That's real talk. <laughs> the realist. Shane, thank you so much for being here. This was fucking awesome, and I can't wait to drop this, and we'll get the Empire State of Mind and really wrap these things up. I hope you have an awesome, awesome time in Austin, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best in everything you do, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for having me, and if anyone happens to be listening that's thinking about exploring in their career or getting out, hit me up, LinkedIn. Happy to introduce you to anyone I can. Drop the uh, your social media stuff, too. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm honestly like trying to be less on social media these days, but I'm Shane Stewart obviously on LinkedIn, uh Sunday underscore stew on Twitter and Instagram. I'm largely inactive these days, <laughs> but um daily pay too. Daily pay. If anyone happens to to have a business out there, daily pay will get your employees uh on demand access to their pay, help you reduce turnover. So boom. Bada bing. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you next time. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Good to be here. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I absolutely did. I had a lot of fun getting to chop it up with Shane. Like I said, we had been trying to connect and do this for a while. And uh, it was really something that I wanted to try and do in person just because in-person interviews are always so much better. So just the patience to kind of wait it out until we could actually get him in the studio to do this paid off, I think, in a major way because... I had like two edits to do the entire um, time that we were speaking because it just flowed. And I think the approach that I'm using in these interviews um, definitely helped out with that. I also think just Shane's a cool ass fucking dude, man. So uh, getting to hang out with him for a couple hours, about three, was uh, awesome. So he made it really easy. Uh, Make sure you follow him. You heard him plug his stuff up and uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. I mean, uh, guy loves networking, so if you got something, send it his way. And if you need anything in terms of what he does, absolutely he'd be the guy that I would trust if I needed those services. I hope you guys will be back next week. This is going to be an awesome episode next week, Uber Stories Part 29. Uh, If you missed Uber Stories Atlanta, go back and listen to it. It's a banger, I promise. All right, you will not be disappointed. And uh, I hope you'll continue to ride with me along this journey. All right, guys, that's it. That's all I got. That's it. We're out of here. I will see you next week, hopefully. Hopefully, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review if you enjoyed today's episode or if you enjoy any of this stuff that we do. Please let me know about it and drop a review on Apple Podcasts. Now that really is it. I swear we're out of here. All right? I'll see you next week. I am Ben Tompkins. That's real talk.